Lord Jesus. Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over so many things look forward to your coming among us. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We, we are your people walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Our scripture reading for this morning is taken from John chapter 1 verses 1 to 14. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. My Advent topic is preparation. One of the most important works written on the Incarnation in the history of the Church is On the Incarnation by St. Athanasius of Alexandria. And at the beginning of uh, his work, On the Incarnation, Athanasius wrote this, As we give an account of the Incarnation, it is necessary first to speak about the creation of the universe and its maker, God, so that one may thus worthily reflect that its recreation was accomplished by the Word, who created it in the beginning. And so Athanasius' idea is that to prepare for Advent, thoughts of on the incarnation of the Lord Jesus, we should be considering creation. And that's, in fact, what John's gospel does. So how does John connect uh, the coming of Christ to the story of creation? Quite a number of ways. He does it quite clearly and explicitly, especially in his first um, few words. Um, in John's gospel, it begins, as we've already had read, in the beginning. Now that's a direct quote, pretty straightforward, a direct quote from the story of creation in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and so on. You don't have to be Northrop Fry to figure out that there's a direct allusion here. In the beginning of John's gospel, 
to the story of creation in Genesis 1. Uh, there's another obvious reference to the creation story that's not quite as straightforward um, in the prologue to John's gospel, but is still very um, clearly an allusion to the creation story. And that's in the reference to the word, um, Christ as the word, which we see over and over um, very prominently in this prologue to John's gospel. Um, but it's a bit more complicated than that direct quote in the beginning. It says this in John's gospel, just to reiterate, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This one was in the beginning with God. All things came to be. All things were created through him. Now, when you think about the original story of creation in Genesis, you might say, I don't remember any figure called the word or anything else in that uh, creation story. I don't remember anybody with God when he created the world. Well, there was the, you know, in the bit of the prologue to the um, creation story, uh, it says the earth was there, formless and void, formless and empty. There was darkness on the face, um, over the face of the abyss. And it also says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So there's stuff going on there, but no person um, called the word. But it does say, when, when the story of creation actually gets going, it does say, and God said, let there be light. And in fact, it says in Genesis 1, and God said, eight different times. Each time there's a great event of creation um, that's occurring, it says, and God said, let there be this, let there be that, let there be this other thing. And so eight times you have God speaking, you have his utterance, you have his proclamation, you have his thought made audible, which in short is his word. And so his word was there. And again, this is a, when John says um, Jesus is the word, he's again making a very clear allusion to the story of creation. There's also the reference to light and life in the creation story. In him was life. We've already read it. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Now again, I think this is a clear reference to the creation story, where there's lots about light and lots about life. Um, first of all, as I've already mentioned, the first time God spoke and God said, he said, let there be light. So at the very beginning, let there be light. Interesting, if you go halfway through the story where you get um, a resetting, um, in a way, of the story of creation, at the beginning of the fourth day, remember there were six days of creation, seventh day God rested, six days where things were created, at the beginning of the fourth day, right in the midpoint of creation, you have sort of a resetting um, of the events, because you there you have, and God said, let there be lights. 
Uh, so at the very beginning, let there be light. Then midway through, let there be lights. And those lights, of course, are the sun and the moon and the stars. And so there's lots about life. And when um, Jesus is said to be the word in John 1, um, he is the one who was involved in creating the light in the first place. And now he brings that same light when he comes in his incarnation. Um, there's also a lot in the creation story about life. Life is all over the place. On day three, let the land produce vegetation, God said. So life, life which had never been seen before, was springing forth now from the ground. On the fifth day, God said, let the water teem with living creatures. And then there was reference to the birds. Let the birds fly above the earth. The sixth day, God says, let the land produce living creatures, wild animals, livestock, livestock uh, and creatures that creep along the, the uh, ground. And finally, you may be aware, um, God said, let us make mankind in our image. So new life of all sorts, vegetation, um, creatures, humans being produced in the creation story. And when John says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men, clear allusion to the creation story, where life for the first time sprang forth in that amazing event. Um, another thing about um, the prologue to John's gospel, which we've been looking at this morning, is the idea of fullness. Now, we didn't read this verse in the initial reading, but in verse 16 of John 1, it says, For from his fullness we have all received. From his fullness we have all received. And I think this may very well be another allusion to the creation story that John is presenting us with. Um, he said, uh, it says in Genesis 1, that um, during the creation of creatures and humans, regarding the sea creatures, it, it, God says to the sea creatures, be fruitful, increase in number, and fill the water of the seas. So there's lots of filling going on. And then when it's in the creation of humans, be fruitful, again, God says, be fruitful, increase in numbers, and fill the earth. So things need to be filled as an essential part of creation. And when in John's gospel, it talks about experiencing his fullness, um, I think there's a reference to that um, first initial filling of the seas and of the earth in the creation. Christians have uh, kind of famously, well, I think famously, always believed in creation ex nihilo. And it's never a bad thing to add a bit of Latin into a sermon in my opinion, but creation ex nihilo means creation from nothing. Now, you may say, well, what other kinds of creation are there? There are actually lots of creation stories that all kinds of cultures, ancient and uh, modern as well, have, uh, have come up with um, explaining how things started in the world. And, um, and kind of the standard scholarly division of these stories is into five different categories. The first one, creation 
ex nihilo, and there's a whole bunch of stories that have that as their premise. And then there's other, other categories of stories in which there are dozens, probably hundreds, um, in each category, and that's um, creation from, uh, from chaos, where there's something that pre-existed and then some divine force, or sometimes there's not even a divine force mentioned, um, causes uh, the ordered universe, the cosmos, to arise um, from the chaos. And so there's, and, and like I say, there's in total five different categories, dozens, hundreds of creation stories um, that you can find in each of these categories. So where you, if you were thinking, well, what other kind of thing can you have? What other kind of concept can you have about creation other than ex nihilo? There's lots. There's a lot. But Christians have always um, believed, it seems, that um, creation happened according to Genesis, ex nihilo, um, from nothing. And so, I mean, the idea there is that there was absolutely nothing. Well, there was God. This is a bit of a conundrum. There was God, who should have been enough, right? But, um, but in a way, it was empty. There was nothing material there. Um, and so God created from emptiness all the things um, that are there. I, I like the image of the Big Bang, the scientific story of creation, um, where there was just about nothing, right? There was a very tiny, tiny, infinitesimally small um, thing which contained all the matter of the universe. So basically everything was empty except for that one little tiny dot. And then it exploded out and filled um, the emptiness. And I don't know if Genesis 1 and um, the Big Bang story are completely compatible, but I like the idea of that um, explosion filling the emptiness. So, um, when it comes to Advent, uh, the Word, as we've seen in John, um, the Creator comes to us as Savior. That's really a major point of the prologue to John's Gospel. The Creator now comes as a savior. And frankly, he comes as savior to do exactly what he did um, in the beginning as the creator, which is to bring new life. He wants to uh, create, he wants to recreate in us life and light and fullness. It seems like um, this is a time where we need those sorts of things. It seems to be a time of darkness. I mean, this time of year is so dark. Well, it's so depressing. Helen told you the story about, <laughs> about us wanting to get a new lamp every week. Uh, and because the day, the day in, uh, is so dark. You get up, it's dark. You're eating supper, it's dark already. And so we crave the light at this time of year. But sometimes the, the darkness, maybe the darkness, um, the physical darkness of the world around us reflects a darkness um, that many of us are experiencing in our own hearts uh, and minds. I mean, there's a lot going on. Life can be dark, can be very confusing. And the thing that Christ promises us when he comes to us as the Word, as the Creator um, incarnated, he says to us, uh, I'm bringing light to your darkness. When it comes to um, life, we've talked about 
the word as the creator of um, life, uh, this seems to be a time of death right now. How can you get away? I know somebody's going to say, do you need to talk about the pandemic? Well, you can hardly escape it. I don't know how many people have told me, uh, one person in particular, I'm not talking about the pandemic anymore. I'm sick of it. And it's easy to get sick of it. But, I mean, it seems like our lives are concerned with death every day. I check. I, maybe I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. But I check the stats for COVID most days. And one of the stats, obviously, I check is how many people died today? Oh, only three. That's good. And um, it's almost like um, we've been focused on death and even, you know, a bit of death isn't a bad thing because we see it constantly. We're reminded of it constantly in the statistics and in the experience uh, of some people with a pandemic on top of all the other reasons that um, death comes to us. But you know, in, in the whole COVID thing, it's not, just, it's not just lives lost that is a problem, but it's life lost because we're shut down and it, people are saying, um, we got to get out and live. Uh, and so, and we have these competing interests. Do we want to focus on life so that we can, we can actually live vibrant lives, active lives, life outside, interacting with people, or do we want to save lives? And so we're, we're caught in this crazy uh, dilemma between life and lives, and it seems like we're losing both, both lives and life, as we're in this pandemic, which doesn't seem to want to go away. But again, this is a, time to, a good time to reflect on Christ coming to us as the Word who was there in the beginning, creating life for the very first time. He's, he, he says, I will come to you now in my coming, in Advent, and bring you new life. And then there's the emptiness of this time as, uh, as well. I mean, it's just about how, how long can you go in life without losing something? And then after that loss, feeling empty. Um, there's something not there. There's a void, formless, and void is your life, just like the universe before the creation of the cosmos. I mean, it happens constantly. I mean, even in, the co even in our congregation, um, when I give this message to the congregation, when the pews are full, they really won't be as full, maybe, as they were two or three weeks ago, because people have left us, and we miss them. We mourn their loss. And, um, and these sorts of things, as I said, happen in our lives in various ways, continually. But again, Christ says to us, I'm the one who filled the emptiness of the void with all good things, with all good things. And I love that, uh, that repetition you find in the creation story, where every time God does a major work of creation, it says God saw the light or whatever it is he created, and he, he, um, he saw that it was good. Uh, and then when he created everything, it says he saw that it was very good very good. And that's what Christ wants to bring to us um, today. Uh, during Advent, uh, the, something very good, um, light and life and fullness. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, 
for from his fullness we have all received. So I've been asked to uh, encourage you all to jump on to the discussion call on Zoom. And the link is in the comments, so hopefully that makes sense. We'll see you then.